Hello, my name is Scott Harris, the brand manager for Master's Choice. It's uh, welcome to the MC Podcast. Uh, today, we're going to be looking at uh, mineral shortage. Is there one? Uh, what do we do about it? What can we do about it? And trying to overcome that, we've got a great guest with us, Steve Massey, uh, with Renaissance Nutrition. He's the head of nutrition with Renaissance, and uh, we're going to get Steve's opinions and thoughts on this topic. And uh, who knows what else we'll get into, but uh, we'll see how things go. I think you know, much like Ag is no. Uh, not excluded from the issues that are going on in the world as far as production for manufacturing, delivery uh, of necessary products where every industry is challenged and ag is no exception there. And so we're going to talk through, you know, whether even if we're talking about bunker coverings, daily supplies, minerals, all of it, um, there's a challenge for farms. And I uh, just want to try to touch base on that and talk about it. And uh, Steve will be doing that with us. Welcome to the MC Podcast. My name is Scott Harris. My whole life's been dairy farming. Grew up in it. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Appreciate that very much. It's been exciting to watch you guys work. <laughs> so, Steve, welcome to the podcast. We are so thankful that you took a few minutes to come be a join us and have this discussion. Uh, let's kind of start off. Tell us who you are and uh, who's Renaissance Nutrition, and let's just start there before we kind of dive in here. Alrighty, thanks. Uh, yeah, I'm Steve Massey. I'm uh, head of the uh, nutrition department at Renaissance Nutrition. Uh, Renaissance is a collection of about 110 independent consultants across the United States, uh, Canada. Uh, we also have consultants in Japan and England. And so, uh, and most of those guys uh, hide their consulting feed within a mineral pack, usually a custom mineral pack that we uh, manufacture and distribute out of the uh, central Pennsylvania location here. So uh, uh, basically my role with the company is training new folks and uh, uh, continuing education for our more experienced people. Uh, also, I'm part of the tech team and the tech team uh, uh, we get into a lot of troubleshooting issues, helping the guys on the farms uh, when they need that second opinion. Oh, yeah, you got a lot of a lot of hats you're wearing, my friend. That sounds like uh, you got a lot going on. Could you guys have how many consultants? And, and you're across the whole country, right? Basically. That's correct. Yeah, I think we're 110, 112, something like that. Scott, I haven't uh, sat down and counted here for the last couple of months. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, but in, in the, you do stretch all the way out to to California, as far west as California, and obviously you're in the east because you're located in Roaring Springs, Pennsylvania. Correct. Correct. Okay, well, let's just kind of dive in. So I was recently, I think uh, time's running away from me, but I think it was two weeks ago, I did a large number of farm calls um, with uh, your um, with some of your group. The uh, I was out in New York uh, and up into Vermont uh, with uh, four different guys. And so um, almost, I mean, almost every farm we were on, not every single farm, but almost every farm we were on, uh, was talking about or asking, is there going to be a shortage? Is there going to be a mineral shortage? Uh, and, and kind of just asking that questions. And, um, so Steve, get out your crystal ball and do the, tell us the best that you can. Uh, is there going to be a mineral shortage? Well, Scott is, is all suppliers. You plan for the worst and hope for the best. And so, uh, uh, you know, we've already seen some really rapid increases in uh, trace minerals and vitamins, uh, which are almost all imported into the United States. 
um, the higher freight rate and slower delivery rate is uh, is an issue. Uh, but even the domestic minerals, uh, things like phosphorus, uh, they've seen a major jump in uh, uh, feed prices here since the first of the year uh, because of the demand for wood fertilizer. And so, uh, uh, so we just have to keep an eye on that. Uh, of all the minerals, uh, probably copper is the most sensitive uh, just because of its use in consumer electrics. And if the if the economy would explode again and take off, um, you know, we've seen it before where that uh, mineral gets to be pretty short. And so, so major shortages, I don't think so. Um, I think there's going to be some minor problems with just delivery. And so uh, things may, may run out short term, but uh, long term, I think we're, we're going to be in pretty good shape as an industry. Uh, I know we, we always are buying our, our vitamins like six and eight months out just to uh, make sure that that supply stays here and stays constant. Okay. So you mentioned copper. Um, would you say that's the one that's probably the most affected? And what other ones is there that you have probably the most concern about? Well, vitamin A and D and E are all uh, manufactured. Uh, A and D is manufactured in Europe. Uh, e is manufactured in Asia. Uh, so we're always keeping an eye on uh, on those freight rates and those transportation uh, inconsistencies that can happen coming out of those markets. Uh, you know, if uh, China would have another major COVID outbreak and they shut the port down, uh, that could uh, change our supplies here in the States pretty quick. Yeah, that definitely. I, I think we've... I don't think, you know, I think probably people within the industry knew this, but I don't think, um, and this is not a political statement, so please don't take it as that, but I don't think people in the U.S. realized how dependent we are on um, mm -hmm. a lot of other countries and, and on the shipping process, period. Um, you know, COVID has, uh, for all of its negatives, it has, and some positive things to come out of this is that we've learned a lot about uh, the way we do things and that we are a lot more dependent on people than we ever realized or wanted to admit maybe. So agree a hundred percent. So in preparation for this, uh, for, for this potential shortage and it doesn't mean, you know, kind of from what you're saying, maybe it's not going to be quite as bad as what, what some people are thinking possibly um, in preparation for it though, what do dairies need to be doing right now to make sure that the cows are getting what they need uh, from a mineral standpoint? Do they need to be doing anything different or what do they need to be doing? Yeah, I, I don't think we need to do much differently uh, than what we have been doing. Um, you know, ordering things at the last possible minute on farm uh, could create some problems. Again, if the uh, vitamin E truck is a couple days late and, and, uh, you're almost out of vitamin E, uh, having a little more lead time on orders uh, sure makes life a little easier that way. Um, you know, I've been recommending to some of my large farms, uh, uh, maybe uh, getting that, that pallet of copper sulfate in now. So it's here and we have it in inventory. Uh, we know we're not going to run out um, just as a, as a safeguard. And so, and we probably can get a bot cheaper today than what we can buy it uh, next month or after the first of the year. So uh, save some money at the same time. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, lead time, I think it was an important part there that you, that you brought up that, that, you know, <clears throat> one of the things I've learned, you know, we just set up a new office here and uh, I did not appreciate that enough and, and start ordering, you know, took a little too much time trying to figure out what I wanted instead of just making sure it gets started on the process sooner. And so um, we're, we're just now still, get, still getting everything we need. And so um, I think the lead time aspect is an important part that, you know, it's not quite as simple as it was a year ago or, 
two years ago, you need to be thinking ahead a little bit more and, and dairies don't tend to be great at that. <laughs> so um, it's a good point, Steve. Um, so kind of shifting gears a little bit, you know, we made the, the main topic about mineral shortage, but this is an area that I, I'm just, to be completely honest, I'm pretty naive on um, as far as the use of the minerals in a dairy diet. Um, let's start with what's the biggest mistake that you see dairy farms make when it comes to getting the most out of the minerals? Great question, Scott. Um, you know, it's a really sad fact that there is a lot of empty dairy farms across the United States uh, that just simply saved themselves out of business. Uh, they thought they were making a sound business decision when they pulled the mineral out, you know, and, oh, this is going to save me 40 cents a day in feed cost, and, and that's going to help me cash flow. Uh, but they kind of forget that the long-term effect of that is pretty detrimental. I mean, minerals are involved in, in every facet of, of the, a dairy cow's life, from the immune function, production, uh, reproduction, pregnancy, growth, and longevity. And so uh, you pull that pull that out of the system and eventually something's going to break. And um, the horrible part about, especially like the trace minerals, uh, the bioavailability of copper sulfate, for example, is only 2%. And it's kind of a safety mechanism that mother nature's built into the animal so that when she does stop and drinks the copper sulfate foot bath, she doesn't die instantly of copper toxicity. You know, only a little bit of that copper gets absorbed into her system. And so so if you pull the minerals out that way, especially the trace minerals, it takes a little while for that that storage sink to, to drain. And, uh, you know, I've had people that said, oh, we pulled it out. We didn't see anything. Well, yeah, for six, seven months, you're probably not. But eventually you're going to run into especially somatic cell count issues and then re reproduction issues. The problem is it takes forever to fill that sink back up. And so not only not only does it take a long time to drain it, but then it takes a long time to fill it back up. And so so your your knee-jerk reaction of, oh, let's save some feed cost uh, can really have a very long uh, coattail to it uh, being detrimental to the cows that way. And so, hey, a basic mineral pack is, is going to be around 50 cents a day, give or take a dime, depending on what you've got in there. Um, that's a pretty minimal investment compared to everything else on the farm. Um, and for what it does. So uh, I think that's probably the biggest mistake guys make is is uh, just trying to save too much money too quick sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that completely. Um, so when you're talking about the, um, it, it creates some issues. So, you know, you, you, you alluded to this, but, you know, the, you know, you know, the old statement says, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. But, you know, the, the this part that never gets talked about is it didn't it wasn't destroyed in a day either. Right. So uh, it's, a, exactly. it's, a, it's a gradual fall apart that you're going to see happen with these cows if you're not giving them what they need. It's not like, you know, corn silage you or, or hay lidge, whatever you're using, you can see a spike. Literally in one day you could see a spike because you got into some fresh corn silage or a drop, you know, depending on what happens. On the mineral side, it seems like to me, being a very novice at it, but uh, they, it's not, it's not, you're not going to see a drastic change. You you pull minerals out for a month or something like that, but your 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 effect is going to happen, and it's going to be longer to recover um, if you take that out. Is that a fair? That's the fair way of saying it, yeah. right, Steve? Yeah, yeah, especially on the trace minerals and vitamins. Now, things like calcium and salt. 
uh, those minerals, uh, yeah, that's a pretty quick uh, detriment impact on the cows, dropping milk production and water consumption. And so that that guys will see that in three or four days. But uh, boy, the trace minerals and vitamins, uh, it's months before before you can actually say, hey, look, I'm starting to get deficient here. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that makes complete sense. So when you're talking about, uh, in, so as far as like your guys' side of things and your products go, uh, most of it's being, I assume, put into uh, the ration uh, built in by your nutri- by the nutritionists um, that they work with. Um, is it all coming in the form of that, or are you also doing anything? You've, you've mentioned uh, salt, so I'm assuming that's like salt licks, salt blocks, stuff like that. What other products are you guys focused on from the mineral side? Yeah, about 95% of what we do through here, Scott, is is custom trace pack, custom mineral packs, um, it's based on what's the minerals coming from the forage, uh, what the requirements are, um, how much safety margin the farm wants to build into a ration, uh, whether we want to go just 100% of the NRC requirements or, um, you know, hey, my cows aren't average, they're above average, so let's go 110 or 120, uh, even 130% over the requirements to make sure I never, ever run out and uh, have my best cow not not catch that one time uh, to give me that uh, heifer calf that I really, really want. And so it's it's a matter of managing uh, risk and looking at that return on the investment uh, on that mineral pack. And, and as far as the mineral side of it goes, are you adjusting those minerals based on the rest of the diet? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The mineral contribution coming from the uh, forages and the byproducts. Uh, For example, right now with uh, phosphorus exploding in price, uh, there's a lot of guys bringing distillers, grains and wheat mids back into the rations. May not be the best buy from a cost per pound of protein standpoint, but they're an incredible buy right now per unit of phosphorus. And so bringing in some of those biological sources of phosphorus, taking the uh, rock out of the mineral pack, and then in some cases saving the guys four or five cents a day by, by making that change. Okay. Yeah, that's huge. Man, that's huge. Um, that makes a lot of sense. So what, as far as the ration balancing, um, you know, we talked about what's kind of the biggest mistake that guys can tend to make from the mineral side, but as far as do you see a trend happening on just a ration balance standpoint, good, bad, or the other dairies tend to uh, struggle there or nutritionists, maybe, maybe an aspect of it they're not thinking about. Anything from that side at all that you can think of, Steve? Yeah, it's uh, probably the one of the fastest growing trends that I see in the, in the U.S. dairy industry uh, is going to multiple groups. The uh, the one group TMR uh, mentality is uh, is waning a little bit. Uh, guys are like, you know, hey, we can save a little bit of cost um, uh, feeding those low cows on feed cost. Or more importantly, and the one I like best, is let's separate those first calf heifers and actually feed them uh, the little less dry matter intake that they're consuming. Uh, they're the best genetic animals I got on the farm. And so uh, uh, why not put the groceries into them that they need to have in order to, to maximize that milk production? It's uh, horribly expensive to raise heifers today. And so <laughs> the more milk I can get out of those first calf heifers, the better the payback, the sooner the payback, uh, the, the more profitable that animal is going to become to me over her lifetime. And so so I see that trend happening. Historically, when one group TMRs was easy for the nutritionist, it was easy for the uh, easy for the feeder and, and everybody was happy. But uh, the margins are just too tight today, Scott, to 
uh, to be uh, to be monkeying around with that. And we really need to be looking at multiple groups. Yeah, I think that's a great point. The the margins are tighter. I mean, and so, but our first thought, and we've kind of hit on this, but it's worth saying it again. You know, our first thought is, well, I got to, I've got to cut costs. I just have to cut costs. But that's not necessarily the case uh, because sometimes we could cut costs, but we could we could cut our nose to spite our face, right? And so uh, it's it's working with someone who can help you balance that ration correctly, working with a group like like yourself, like Renaissance, to to make sure we're getting the cow everything it needs, but being as efficient as we can uh, with the ration and with our choices. So. Uh, uh, that's a great, great side. Um, you know, my kind of, I think I only got one more question. I've thrown some questions at you that I did not prepare you for. So, so I appreciate you working with me, but you've kind of piqued my interest on a couple of things. And so when we talk about the trends that are going on dairy, you already hit on one of them, but can you give me another one area that you are seeing uh, dairies that are having a lot of success with um, or, or I'll let you go the other way. What's one area that dairies just are not paying enough attention to? Yeah, um, well, uh, Master Choice will be very happy to hear this. Uh, way more corn silage on the farms today. So uh, yeah. uh, guys are starting starting to see the value of, uh, one, just the uh, tonnage that corn silage gives us per acre. Uh, so we get some acre efficiencies, if I can use that word, uh, on farm, uh, just getting more tons of dry matter per acre than, than what they were getting off some of their other uh, crops. Uh, but then you throw in the, the high NDF digestibility of corn silage, uh, the high starch digestibility on our uh, more uh, flowery type varieties, uh, the consistency of corn silage uh, from uh, one end of the field to the other. Uh, it just got lots of huge advantages, not to mention it's one of the uh, the best uh, or least cost ingredients that we can put into a ration today. Um, it uh, it just has all the positives going for it. And, and uh, I see more and more corn silage being grown and fed across the country. And, and uh, even guys asking, can we feed even more just because of the great results they've seen with this this silage type corn silage. Yeah, it's a higher percentage. It's on more and more farms that I go on for farm calls. I'm seeing it as a higher percentage of the diet than I was even five years ago or 10 years ago when I first started for sure. You know, 10 years ago when I kind of first started in the ag industry, I was attending meetings uh, that, uh, you know, very few people were promoting a high forage diet. Um, and now it's becoming more and more popular and corn silage is becoming a bigger piece of that pie. So it makes a lot of sense. Yep. So, all right, Steve, how does someone, if they, if they're not working with Renaissance, um, currently if they are great, if they're not, and you've kind of piqued some interest for them and in kind of your mineral program and, and a lot of the other stuff you guys do, you offer more than minerals. I know that, um, what's the best way for someone to get a hold of, uh, of Renaissance and, and reach out to you guys? Yeah, the corporate office, uh, the phone number is 1-800-FINE-MIX, F-I-N-E-M-I-X. So that should be pretty easy uh, to memorize. Um, Yep, yep, easy to remember. Uh, We also have a website, uh, www.rennut.com, R-E-N-N-U-T. And then on that webpage, we actually have a map of the United States. Uh, Just click on your state and and a listing of the consultants uh, that are in that area will pop up. 
and their direct phone numbers are right there on that list. They can contact them directly or through that website, they can email the corporate office and we'll get somebody in contact with them. Perfect. Yeah, that's great. All right, Steve. Well, thanks again. I really appreciate you taking the time to join us. Uh, we'll probably have you back on sometime if you're willing to do that. Uh, we, we really try to make this podcast about education and learning and and you guys do a great job there. We're happy to work with Renaissance and uh, look forward to some success together. And appreciate you taking the time. Hey, no problem. And uh, thanks for having me on today.